And welcome back to another installment of The Conspiracy Skeptic. I'm a conspiracy skeptic, Carl Mamer, and I guess welcome to welcome to March. And uh, welcome to my guest, uh, Blake, Blake Smith. Uh, Blake, say hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. I'm just going to adjust my mic here. Uh, Blake, uh, you're probably no stranger to the podcasting world. I guess you're uh, best known for your uh, co-hosting that amazing new podcast called uh, The Death Panel. <laughs> yeah, am I am I known for that? <laughs> oh, you're you're renowned. I mean, are people always come up to you? You know, like at Walmart and uh, and uh, that would be the right place in the in the Waffle House. That's right. Waffle House, you know, going... one of those places. And they say to me, hey, can I borrow some money? <laughs> you must be rich now that you're on the death panel. Hey, you flip your nails. Got some cash? Yeah. But you're not just famous for, for co-hosting the death panel podcast. You're on like about maybe eight or nine other podcasts or something. Mostly silently. <laughs> In the background. Yeah. Right. I'm you're... a lurker on many podcasts. All right. So what, what misinformation is to uh, – uh, George Rob, I guess you are too. You're pretty much to every podcast, right? You just kind of sit in the background. I'm an integral part of the technology. You'll you'll find me. There's a whole chapter about me in the podcasting for dummies. Oh, really? Okay, all right. Yeah. It's, it's also hidden. So, <laughs> uh, you know, ask me about it at uh, Tam. <laughs> right, but uh, right. So, but your actual podcast you're famous for is uh, Monster Talk, right? I'd like to think so. Yeah, uh, or at least that's the one I feel most responsible for because I actually have editorial control. Oh, okay. Now, who, you, you, did you start Monster Talk? Your other two guests are um, Karen Stolznow. And, yeah, my, uh, they were my co-hosts, uh, Karen Stolznow, uh, or as I like to say, Dr. Karen Stolznow, uh, yes. and um, and Ben Radford, managing editor of Skeptical Inquirer. Okay. And uh, yeah, it was it was my idea, uh, and I'm the producer, and I edit the shows, and I started off on my own with a very tiny uh, following. And uh, I guess we caught the attention of uh, uh, Daniel Loxton at Skeptic Magazine, and he was so kind uh, to allow us to join the Skeptical Podcast family with, along with Skepticality. And our uh, membership uh, popped from 500 to 5,000 in effectively one week. So, <laughs> Wow, okay, that's pretty good. It was cool. It was very cool. I was really happy about it. So, uh, And it, I think you know we've gone up from there. Um, and um, at our peak, we get around 10,000 listeners, plus we're rebroadcast on AM radio in Canada and Michigan. And uh, from what I understand, we're also going to be on Sirius as a rebroadcast. So that's kind of fun. Uh, do, you, do, you get, do you get paid for being on Sirius? Any kind of royalties? or? I don't get paid for anything. It's tragic. I've, I've added a PayPal button, though, if anybody has pity. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And as you know, in Conspiracy Skeptic, we ask for nothing except for our guests. If you see our guests at a, uh, you know, at a TAM or some skeptics in the pub or at a Walmart, you know, it's like, do you want a fitted sheet? Do you need a new fitted sheet, uh, Blake? You know, just uh, buy them a beer, buy them uh, whatever beverage their favorite beverage is, something along those lines. Yeah, a 99 cent uh, music download from Amazon would be great. <laughs> Anything, yeah, cool, okay. And uh, now you, you're uh, you're down in Georgia. I am. Okay, and I got to say, you, I think you have the best voice in podcasting. Really? Yeah. Has no one, no one's told you that before? Uh, no. Okay. It's you, 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 and, you and Mike, you and Michael Marsh. I think it's, it's just, it's just like if I know your voice is going to be on as a guest on a podcast, like I'll listen to it just because I don't know. I think you got like you and Michael Marsh. I think are sort of neck and neck for the uh, the best voices in podcasting. Wow, that's really kind. I, I don't, I didn't have any formal training uh, except for talking on the phone a lot. Well, there you go. All right. So, right. So you know, you live down in Georgia, right? That's correct. Okay. In, uh, in the beautiful Kennesaw, Georgia, where you have to own a handgun. <laughs> is that is that a law there, or is that it is just a law? Like... It's a law here. It really is. I mean, I've heard about stuff like that. You know, you have to, you know, they have like these open carry laws or something where. Oh, that yeah. You know, when I when I first uh, moved to Kennesaw, 
Uh, the you could get uh, for about forty five dollars, you could get a uh, a license to own a gun or to like public carry. They call it public carry. Okay. And um, and now for the same price, uh, that same license uh, with the same requirements for getting it uh, gets you a concealed carry. So it's kind of amazing because when growing up, in order to get a concealed carry, you had to show that you had some real reason for it. You're a private investigator or, you know, something or there was some reason you needed it. Uh, but now, uh, I guess the NRA has been working hard to make it so that everybody could secretly have a gun. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> it's kind of cool because I always wanted one, but then I kind of would never actually carry it anywhere. <laughs> you know, well, I don't really, I don't see the value because it seems like it's more of a hassle. You can't take it in certain places and, uh, but 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 is it, is it is it possible to enjoy nature without a firearm? Well, that's a really good question and one that uh, has been a quandary for Georgians for years. Um, I guess the answer is it's it's possible to enjoy state-owned property without a firearm. I've done it before, but there is something really satisfying about going out and making some noise and killing livestock and you know farm animals and uh, birds and. Well, really anything. Uh, <laughs> sure, yeah. I mean, if it's, if it's you know, un- leaving a bloody trail so you can work your way back to your car when you're done. If it's I unprotected. Mean, right. <laughs> it's like that's why they put all those cactuses out there in, uh, you know, in the desert. Uh, you know, it's, it, in, in reality, I, I, I used to hunt every year. There, there was a, uh, a – they call it what's called it – really – it's a dove hunt, which sounds horrifying if you're not into hunting. <laughs> but around, around these parts. Uh, we call it a bunny stomp. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, in, in Georgia, the, uh, the dove is uh, – it's not like the beautiful white doves like they release at the uh, Olympics. Although that was a big joke around that time that, you know, they'd have the Olympics in Georgia, let the doves loose, and, you know, it would be followed by shotguns going off. But uh, – yeah, these are kind of gray rock doves, and they, they do make a delicious dove pie. Okay. Uh, and, and my family historically used to get together every opening season uh, Saturday and hunt doves. And then at the end of the day, we'd all get together and go uh, to a family cookout, and you know the women folk would get together and make all these different dishes out of the dove meat, uh, and we'd talk about the hunting. And it was fun. But then they moved Dragon Con to the same weekend, and... Whatever it was that made me go dove hunting uh, is not as powerful as whatever makes me go do nerd stuff. So that was the end of dove hunt. And for people who are maybe still going, uh, you know, this Blake guy, he's, you know, he's a jerk. Uh, the, these are doves with, with fangs, right? So They a- are a uh, terrible uh, plague upon us. I mean, they're constantly poking people's eyes out and uh, stealing babies. Uh, you know, they'll flock together and steal babies. Okay, all right. It's really, it's really, it, it, there's really, as a parent, which is maybe why there's so many concealed carry permits around here. You're a parent, you're out with a stroller. Uh, a flock of doves comes by, you cringe in terror, but you have to stay and save your baby. And then, you know, they just pull the baby out of your hands and you're helpless as you watch your baby fly off into the darkness. So you're, you're, uh, you're why it became nighttime suddenly. It was daytime all the way up until I said darkness and then it became nighttime. So you're basically a conservationist then? Yeah, you're trying to conserve human flesh from the dove uh, killer. All right. And so when, when you're not, you know, I don't know, kind of killing uh, living things, what, 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 do you, what do you do as like your, your day job? That's a great question. Yeah, I mean, if you can talk about it. You know. <laughs> it's one my wife asks a lot. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like I go to work every day going, what am I, what am I doing? Uh, no, I, I do web design mostly. Okay. Uh, well. And then my, my actual passionate job, which I don't get really very much money for, is uh, doing writing and research. So uh, it seems, especially if you're a skeptical writer, uh, the for the nonfiction type stuff that I do, the... Uh, the markets are almost all voluntary. You give them an article and they might print it. Okay. Uh, so uh, there's a very small paying market for that kind of stuff. Is it the 14 Times? Do you, do you write for the 14 Times? I have written for them and I hope to again. I'm currently working on a, another ghost investigation they'll probably be interested in. Okay. They, they, do they pay a little bit? or? Oh, they pay a lot. They're great. Oh. Okay. <laughs> And uh, some people have asked me, you know, how do you feel about, you know, having your stuff published in a, in a believer's mag? And I, my point would be, or my reaction or answer is, uh, happy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. they, they paid me. They paid me. That's nice. But actually, if you think about it, my articles don't get changed because of the venue. Mm-hmm. I, my findings are my findings. So if they turn out to be uh, 
explanatory rather than mystery mongering and the 14 times is willing to print them, then that's kind of an outreach, you know, avenue. That's, okay. that's great. Now, now my understanding of, uh, you know, the 14 or at least Charles Ford is he was, you know, he was kind of skeptical of both sides. Like he, you know, he, he sort of was skeptical of a lot of, uh, you know, paranormal claims, but he also sort of thought maybe scientists were a bit, uh, on them up on themselves or something is that sort of what modern fortunism is like well i think modern fortunism tends to be interested in the phenomena whatever those phenomena turn out to be and some of the people in that movement or that that uh interest uh with that alignment of interests tend to be uh about as skeptical as someone who would self-identify as a skeptic because they've seen so many things that have turned out to be inexplicable or or easily explained or uh, really easily tested or not easily tested. You know, they, they really have to ask a lot of really powerful questions about uh, what the matter is or what could cause it. I know that sounded very strange, but uh, I guess my point is the uh, the, the, the Fordians, like the cryptozoologists, a lot, you'll find a lot of skeptics built in there who also self-identify. Uh, that way. Okay, uh, cool. Mike Dash uh, comes to mind. He used to be one of the editors uh, of Fortean Times, and he, he, he he's concerned with getting to the bottom of things. And I think that's the real question. Are you interested in finding the answer, or are you, are you interested in just perpetuating the mystery? Right, okay. So. Cool, okay. And speaking of mystery, uh, you're, uh, you're, you're on to talk about your, quote, favorite conspiracy. Not necessarily your favorite conspiracy, but I always, you know, for, for, the, for the magic of podcasting. What is your favorite conspiracy? Well, <laughs> the one I'm prepared to talk about today. <laughs> do, you, do you want me to answer that as in what we're actually going to talk about today? Or would you really like to know what my favorite conspiracy is? Uh, you, you, give me your favorite conspiracy up front, and then we'll, we'll get into the one you are, you're prepared to talk about. Hey, that's a great question. I guess my favorite conspiracy would pro- – it's probably a tie between uh, the different Kennedy assassination conspiracies – and the uh, alien cover-up conspiracies. Okay, cool. The, Wait, both you... of those I find very interesting. But okay, uh, okay yeah, we, we kind of covered both of those all already. But uh, oh, sure, yeah, sure, okay. yeah. But the one we but, haven't covered, and it's <laughs> the one this... I have some personal uh, experience with. Yeah, and it's kind of in your backyard, isn't it? Uh, you know, that's actually part of the story. I think okay. is, is how uh, not in anyone's backyard <laughs> this is. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Right. So let's just talk about it. We're sure, I'm talking about the Georgia Guidestones. Okay, cool. And so, uh, and where are they? I mean, they are lo- they are located in Georgia, right? They are. They're they're the Georgia Guidestones are in Elberton, Georgia, which is very close to the South Carolina border. South Carolina. Okay. And uh, for the uh, like the Canadian or because I you know, my my joke is oh on, so sorry they were in North America which is sometimes called the United States okay uh-huh. uh, and, and then we're in the southern part north of Florida okay all right so any, anything south of Ohio to a Canadian is like that's just like the deep south so <laughs> well yeah and maybe Elberton is the deep south uh, that's a fact um, so. This was a stone monument. Some people call it America's Stonehenge. I kind of think of that Cadillac uh, monument out in the desert as being more like an America's Stonehenge myself. Right, right. I guess that would be more like America's Cadillac Hinge, but whatever. Um, it's the stone monument made out of granite in Elberton, Georgia. Okay. Uh, and you, you've, you've physically made a pilgrimage out to this. Uh, I did. I had uh, 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 last year at Dragon Con, which would have been September 2010. Uh, I went with Brian Dunning, uh, and the, the real Brian Dunning. Yeah, okay. there's only one Brian Dunning. <laughs> no, no, there's not. He, let, the, let's, he, let's he, no, no, there's one Brian Dunning. He does that uh, that um, amateur scientist podcast. Yeah, okay. And uh, he's a very funny guy. So uh, Rachel Dunlap and Richard Saunders and Brian Dunning and myself took a road trip from Atlanta up to Elberton to go see the Georgia Guidestones. How long of a drive was that? It was long. <laughs> it was like two hours, two and a half hours. It was long. It was a long drive. Okay. That's not bad. So, I mean, that's not bad for a Canadian. Oh, well, it may not be bad for a Canadian, but it's not good for people who are tired after <laughs> flying across the country. I felt bad for them. That's true. Uh, I, it was all right, though. We listened to uh, Skeptoid over and over again. So. <laughs> And as we drove through the North Georgia rural countryside, um, 
Brian Dunning queued up the uh, uh, dueling banjos music, <laughs> uh. which is just a hilarious joke about North Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't seen Deliverance, it's a documentary. But <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just not musical tips, right? <laughs> It, it it was it was all right. So we went up and uh, you know I got to introduce them to some of uh, Georgia culture. We had uh, Crystal Burgers, uh, which are kind of little square burgers. They're kind of like um, I don't. Do you have White Castle up there? No, but I'm intimately familiar. I do my research. Yeah, sliders kind of thing. Yeah, sliders. Yeah, so they're little tiny steamed bun square hamburgers, uh, and uh, you know good for what ails you. And uh, then on the way back, we stopped at Waffle House. And I got to introduce the Aussies to uh, Hash Brown, Scatter Smother, Cover, Top Chunk, Dyson Pepper. It was awesome. Oh, so, <laughs> Good stuff. Anyway, they, but yeah, we did we, we, they, we, they, they, they try to put Tim Tams over everything? They <laughs> they crushed them and sprinkled them on everything. Okay. They, they love Tim Tams. Uh, and then, you know, Richard's got all of that musk stick candy he carries around with him all the time. And you can't leave anything laying around or he'll turn it to origami. Bless my heart. I mean, like, you know, all the uh, paper cups and the napkins and, uh, you know, anything. He just he habitually origami, origami. Cool. All right. So, so you eventually get up to the Georgia Guidestones. We do. Uh, and it's, I mean, we've got uh, the power of uh, Google Maps and uh, geopositioning, you know, going to get us up there. It's rural. Okay. It's really rural. And this, this thing is, you know, this monument, what it is is uh, a series of um, gigantic, um, like 18-foot-tall uh, marble, or excuse me, granite, blue granite, pyramid blue granite <laughs> uh, monuments that have writing on them. They all have this inscription in different languages. It's okay. in uh, English, Swahili, Spanish, Hebrew, Hindi, Arabic, Chinese, and Russian. And it's got this inscription, which I will read to you now. You ready? Yep. Hit me. It, it says, uh, maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. Guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Unite humanity with a living new language. Rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Let all nations rule internally resolving external disputes in a world court. Avoid petty laws and useless officials. Balance personal rights with social duties. Prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. Be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. That's what it says. Okay, they're 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 kind of ten commandments on that thing, right? I suppose, yeah, they could be considered like a new age ten commandments. Although the one that I think most people find troubling, well, really, let's honestly, the, the first two are especially troubling. If if you look at them, maintain humanity under five hundred million. Uh, that's low. I mean, we're at uh, six billion, six and a half billion people right now. Got to uh, the herd. Yeah, that, 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 that's like an imperative to kill off a lot of people, right? So uh, there's, there's been some concerns about the genocidal aspects of rule number one. Right, right. And then, and, and then rule number two would be guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity, okay. uh, which is kind of uh, eugenics or genetic manipulation uh, or at a breeding, you know, breeding programs for, you know, the, in general uh, – Historically, I think in human uh, manipulation of genetics like this uh, has been uh, bad. I'm just going to call it bad. <laughs> it's it's not really worked out well. Right? No, it, it's 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 ethically, morally, socially, it's bad. I'm just going to okay. say it. You know what else I'm going to say? I'm just going to say Nazis. Bad. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm here to say it. I, I think the Nazis are bad people, and I think it's a shame that not enough people are willing to come out and speak out against them. That's true. Yeah. They, they, yeah. They've been they've been known to be bad. Yeah. Ergo, bad. Nazis yeah. bad. Nazis right. bad. 
Good. Okay, we've we've put our nickel down. All right. <laughs> so, uh, right. So the the first two items, I guess, you know, kind of get the hackles up of the the sort of the one world government types. Um, yeah. Yeah. They, they 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 tend to sort of look at those sort of ten commandments and and kind of sort of see, uh, like a bit like our, our my podcast about the uh, you know the Denver air Denver airport conspiracy that they they sort of see you know this as being the new world orders you know marching plan kind of thing, right? Right, it, that's right. There's a lot of people who think it's a New World Order conspiracy or an Aryan conspiracy or an Aryan New World Order conspiracy. Right. right. Um, now, I'm, I've said Aryan several times there, and that is wrong. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking Aryans because of the Nazis. <laughs> uh, it should be Zionist New World Order. That They think it's the Jews. Uh, right, okay. All right. Yeah, so you probably want to redo that. Okay. <laughs> or they could... think it's a... I think it's a New World Order conspiracy or a Zionist New World Order conspiracy, if I'm not being redundant by saying that. But but in the New World Order kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, sort of big tent thing, I mean, uh, 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 an Aryan Zionist is, is not it's is not unusual. <laughs> That's funny. It, but, you know, the, the, the Internet allows everything. As long as it's not those damned lizard people, I think we're okay. Okay, yeah. <laughs> not about the lizard people. Now, now Brian, Brian Dunning, uh, the real Brian Dunning, he, he, I think he on his um, uh, Amateur Skeptoid podcast, he, he, did, he did do a pretty good uh, show, show about, you know, the, the, sort of the history and the creation. And, you know, what, what do we kind of know about how the, how the, uh, the Guidestones came about? He did. He did a great job with that. Although I, I think after the third time he made us listen to it, I was a little tired of it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we we won't. We, we, I'll, I'll I guess I'll refer listeners to that show if they've not already heard. Oh, it. absolutely! It's yeah. a great show. Yeah, um, yeah. It does a really nice job of talking about the history of it. Um, the I guess the the story is that there was a, a mysterious character uh, named R. C. Christian, or that was well, and that's not his real name. There was a pseudonym. Uh, and that he approached a guy named uh, Joe Finley, who was the president of uh, the Elberton Granite Finishing Company, about making this monument because he had this group of, uh, I think he called them loyal Americans, who believe in God and wanted to have this uh, monument built. And so there's a lot of questions because the guy was anonymous and, um, you know, there's really not a lot of evidence that, I mean, was it even a real person or did Finley make him up? I don't know. You know, it seems to me, and I don't want to just jump right into guessing what's really going on here, but uh, conspiracies aside, it seemed to me like this was local people with a little hippiness in them making a, a really impressive looking monument um, to try to get people to come visit Elberton. Okay. But I think the effort would have been better if they had uh, taken Elberton and moved it near the interstate because there's way the hell out <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. So. I mean, that, that's a. Uh, I mean, that's kind of a, one of those sort of strange, uh, you know, uh, problems that the, the community has with, the, I guess, the, the guidestones. Right? Is is that is that a lot of people sort of see these things as being kind of satanic or something, and but it. It, it's also a big tourist draw, right, for the town. I mean, the town doesn't have a lot going for right, it. Right, relatively speaking, right, it's a big tourist draw in that otherwise you'd basically be going to look at cows. Right. So, and, and you could do that without having to drive two and a half hours. We've got one or two of those up here, so. Yeah. So, right, it, and it's it's not uh, developed. It's there's You're driving through pasture land, and suddenly it's pasture, 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 uh, Georgia Guidestones, pasture, pasture. <laughs> right. If you go to Google Maps and take a look at it, you can look at the site and you'll see it's in the middle of freaking nowhere. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, but how, how do the how do the actual residents uh, feel about the Georgia Guidestones? Because I imagine, I mean, I'm just taking a, making a wild stereotype here, but I think a lot of people in rural Georgia are kind of uh, they they believe in at least one god. The only thing you will see more of besides Waffle House is on the way to the Georgia Guidestone is churches. Uh, sorry, I, I got to throw in a hallelujah when you say Waffle House. <laughs> hallelujah. Thank you. I love the Waffle House. <laughs> yeah, it's that, good for you. That's one thing we kind of lack in Canada. It's a good quality Waffle House culture. Yeah. Are you coming to Dragon Con this year? Uh, no, I'm not. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. We have a lot of Waffle Houses around there. Everyone wants to go for cupcakes. It's like, get, 
Yeah. Waffle houses, man. Shout but, out some chili. <laughs> so so the, the locals, like, how do they feel about the uh, – did you get a feeling of how the locals feel? Like if you're sort of trudging well, around their town? I've read about how the locals feel. And okay. the churches don't like it. Uh, I think the local, locals are somewhat ambivalent. It does bring people into town. They've got inside the town. They have like a, a com, you know, commerce center, um, chamber of commerce type place, yeah, or you know, Elberton meeting place. Anyway, it's a place where you can get more information about Elberton and also more information. About, I think it's called the Elberton Granite Museum. Now that okay. I think about it. Anyway, it's it's supposed to be a, a place you can go and get additional information. And there's a couple of little restaurants in Elberton, but generally speaking, Elberton is a tiny little town. Okay. And, uh, I mean, it, it's in the world of uh, the paranormal, there's lots of places you can go to find, uh, you know, mysteries, right? So, like, for example, um, there's a little town in Texas where they think uh, an alien spaceship crashed. Uh, and, the you know, there's supposed to be an alien buried in the graveyard there. And, and that little town is like you could, if you coughed or dropped a quarter in your car or something, you'd miss it, right? <laughs> right, right. A sneeze and you blink and it's gone. Uh, this is one of those kind of towns. It's, I mean, that's not. I don't know. I don't mean that to be an insult to the people of Elberton. It's a beautiful little town, you know. And it looks like it's it's Georgia. I mean, I'm from Georgia, and my hometown is is a thriving metropolis by comparison. Okay. Uh, but it, it is a tiny little place. Um, and I, the amount of um, vandalism that's been done against the stones implies, uh, if not a local. Um, dissatisfaction with it, then at least people are willing to drive uh, and come at night and try to uh, attack the site. But the people who built it, built it out of uh, uh, granite, and it is hard to damage. Okay. All right. Now, now what... Um, now, do, you, do you think it was, like, a, just invented by locals, or do you think it was just... In, or was... Uh, like, a lot of people sort of think maybe... Uh, it seems to be kind of two prevailing theories. There's the less crazy theory and the more crazy one. The less one crazy one is is uh, Ted Ted Turner seems to get the uh, get fingered as maybe the guy who was this RC Christian or was behind it. And the other one is that some sort of Luciferian Rosicurianism kind Rosicrucian, of Rosicrucian. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Right. Thank you. Rosicrucian kind of plot or something. Yeah, there, there's been people who think it was Rosicrucians. I, I'm not sure that that the uh, the rules or guidelines themselves match. And uh, Ted Turner, you know, he ran a um, before he got into broadcasting. His his family fortune came from uh, road signs, uh, billboards. Oh, really? I don't know what you call them in Canada. Yeah, billboards. Billboards, eh? Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so he, I guess, the point there is. This is a man who knows how to communicate to a lot of people very effectively. Right. He's not going to build something like this in rural Elberton, Georgia. Right. Okay. Okay. If he wanted to build something, he could have it in Piedmont Park in Atlanta. Right. And I'm not saying there's a perfect place for the Georgia Guidestones, but if the point is to have them seen, Elberton may not be the best choice. Now, what, what, what year were these built? 1980. Okay. I guess 1979 was when it all the project started. Okay. Uh, they were actually erected in 1980. Okay. Can, I, I mean, can I say erected? Yep. Sure. Go ahead. Okay. Super. Super. Erected. You can, you can say I, I got the uh, I got the explicit tag, so you can say penis if you want. That's well, not really appropriate. Okay. All right. In, so, in this case. Okay. But uh, in, in the year they were, I mean, the, the 1980s, like especially 1980. I mean, the, the Cold War was. Uh, uh, I mean, it was really like vaginaing itself up big, you know. Um, so, so you, you know, if you're going to put these things in, let's say, uh, you know, a, a big city, like a you know nuclear blast might, uh, you know, might take it out. If, if these things are sort of meant to be, you know. F- to survive. Ooh, that, that that is actually a very good point. Yes. Yeah, I didn't consider that. I did think a little bit about the the, the nuclear strike. Um, I'm not sure what a nuclear strike would do. To, I mean, obviously, if it was ground zero, it would be gone. But right. if it was radioactive, people wouldn't vandalize it. So <laughs> somewhere in between, they probably should put it in Marietta. That way, it survives the attack, but then uh, doesn't get vandalized by the uh, troglodyte people who arise after the uh, war. Now, now, do you know? Do you know where the the five hundred million figure okay. comes from? Okay, I have from? a. I okay. Let me say something about the Georgia Guidestones. Okay, it's not obvious, especially if you're reading the um, uh, conspiracy theories. It sounds like such an elite, uh, you know, well planned uh, genocidal <laughs> uh, 
attack. You know, first we put these you know, <laughs> monuments up in 1980, and then as people follow them, we will destroy the non-believers. You know, until there are only 500 million of us left. Exactly. Uh, what, right. Why don't you just sort of put it in some nowhere place in Georgia? You know, then right. well, yeah. so everybody will know what to do. You know, because all the people who read Swahili and come up to Georgia will be able to follow our instructions. <laughs> so, so if rule number three, let's just think about this. Rule number three is unite humanity with a living new language. Okay. Okay. Why then? Why put it in all these different languages? <laughs> right. I mean. If 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 you think it's going to come true, you know why not? Or why not put one extra side and go ahead and put a suggestion about the new Esperanto could have come up, you know? Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they could have done something with Esperanto, just just a suggestion, just. But they didn't. Right. Um, so there's that. But there's also like some other aspects. There's a time capsule. Uh, there, well, there's this whole thing. This is the Georgia Guidestones uh, center cluster. And it's got a little layout that explains uh, some of the facts about the physical data okay. and astronomical features of the of the thing. And um, on there it says author R. C. Christian, and underneath it it says a pseudonym. <laughs> now, <laughs> not a pseudonym, right. a pseudonym, right? And it also says time capsule placed six feet below this spot on blank to be opened on blank. Dates okay. are left out. Right. The dates are left out. So why why is there a misspelling and why are the dates left out? Right. Is this because of some conspiracy or because the people who wrote it were not that accurate? They didn't do a lot of they – they didn't run – they didn't have a spell check in 1980, but they could have run it by an editor or someone who had uh, right, right. some, some uh, proofing skills. So that makes me think – that the the secret, right? The the secret of the Georgia Guidestones, um, behind the the most um, chilling part of it, the maintain humanity under five hundred million. I believe they probably left off a zero. Oh, you think so? So it's five five billion. I think it's five billion. I think, and here's why I think that. Okay. Uh, and I haven't read this anywhere. This is just what I think, right? But in 1980, when this thing was erected. The world population was 4.5 billion. Okay. So rather than being uh, a, a, a horrific uh, population decreaser, they were allowing for 500 million growth over the current population. Right. Okay. Because right? yeah, that's, yeah. You know, according that's... to my research, the last time the Earth's population was 500 million was in 1650. Right. So that's a. I don't think anybody in their right mind. Uh, would would propose that we delete the Earth's population uh, until it reaches uh, the 1650s? Because we all remember how great those were, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, the I mean, that's where the conspiracy nuts kind of, you know, they 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 don't sort of think of other possibilities where it's like, well, just through birth control and family planning over 200 years, we'll, you know, we'll bring the Earth's population down. They they, they tend to just go, well, they want that tomorrow so they're going to you know set up death camps and stuff like that yeah they, they they forget a couple of things too one is how much people like to have sex and two how good people are at making typos <laughs> I, I i i really i i really think that's what's behind oh, okay. that well 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 like the 500 million figure is especially in like the 1980s like i think there i think there was a book called limits to growth and i think even ted turner actually belonged to a sort of a group like this that they were sort of banding about the 500 million something about um like like solar energy like if you tried to run the world off of just solar energy it could basically support about you know half a billion people so that might be where that figure comes from could be. I haven't actually looked at the. Uh, I didn't think to research the 500 million factor. Oh no, that's okay. I get. I get to sound smart for a change. So cool. Go for it. <laughs> well, that's the. That, that's the extent. I, I've. I've shot. I've shot my wad. Starting now. Go. No. <laughs> no. I, we, so, yeah. so that's, about, that's. That's about all I know. So. Yeah. I. You know. I, I love Ted Turner in a lot of ways. He's a very, very crazy person. Right. Uh, the, the. And I don't mean I love him and like follow his politics. I just mean. He is one of the most Georgian people I've ever seen. Uh, you know, uh, right. making millions of dollars never changed the fact that he is a Georgia guy. 
okay. But he, he, he hails from there, right? That's a, maybe another thing, reason why they finger, we can say finger too, why they finger Ted Turner, right? Is cause yeah, he, it is, this is his stomping grounds. So, you know, I mean, to, to be a, you know, multimillionaire, I believe he was not a billionaire at the time. I think he was a multimillionaire. Um, and, uh, do the world, uh, cup, uh, is that right? What's it called? Oh, there was that stupid the, friendship games or something. No, 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 no. Well, he did the friendship games, but he did the um, uh, the sailing um, America's Cup. Oh, America's okay. Cup. Yeah, he was like a multi-time competitor in the America's Cup. He loved to sail. Um, he just he just says whatever that comes to his mind. I remember him talking one time, and it just really struck me because he was it was like a very prestigious place he was talking to, uh, and he just suddenly goes off on a tangent and he says. There's basically only two creatures on the earth um, who can have sex whenever they want to. It's humans and dolphins. And he started talking about how wonderful it would be to be a dolphin, <laughs> swim around, and have sex all the time. And I'm like, what the hell? Was he dating Jane Fonda at that point? No, no, no. This was in the late 80s. All right. Okay. <laughs> he might have been watching her very successful video series. Of, oh, uh, the bouncer. Or exercise videos. All right, okay. I remember, uh, yeah, during the uh, World Series when uh, it was the uh, Atlanta Braves versus the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm going to sound like I know something about sports here. And yeah, uh, go for it. Yeah, during the uh, love football. Yeah. <laughs> and during the uh, what is the what's the Grey Cup of uh, baseball? Mm, World Series, right? It was sorry, the World Series, right? the final game of the World <laughs> Series. Uh, the, uh, I thought you meant like they have a great cup. So I mean, is that a hockey thing or something? Yeah, it's Canadian football. And uh, oh, is it Canadian? <laughs> Canadians have a football. That's you, awesome. You've not heard? What do you think? I, I, I'm not even joking. I'm serious. I didn't know. <laughs> Half the jokes on The Simpsons are predicated on the idea of Canadian football. You can't. Awesome. Oh, man. But uh, yeah, so Jane Fonda's like you could, you know, her and Ted Turner are, are, are in Toronto and they're watching. I think might have been the final game, and then Jane Fonda's like doing the sign of the cross and she's praying, and, and it's like, oh man. But uh, that's neither here nor there. But uh, Turner peeing over the balcony and drinking beer, right? So <laughs> <laughs> that'd be welcome here, actually. You know, but, but that's how that's how he rolls. Yeah, so. Exactly. We'd be like, Pfft. I don't know if it's apocryphal or not, but. uh I heard that uh, after one of these uh, sailing races, uh, he uh, was being interviewed and he'd just come off, you know, like drinking beer and, you know, celebrating. And he was in the middle of the interview, he just turned around and started peeing off the pier. So oh. <laughs> I don't know if it's true or not, but it I always struck me as being a very Ted thing to do. <laughs> so. now, some of, now, some of the other rules on the Georgia Guide, so, I mean, they don't sound too bad when it comes right down to it, right? Let's see. Balance personal rights with social duties. Um, yeah, you know, that, but you know, uh, in basically a lot of them have to do with base, being self-disciplined, you know, okay, okay. being fair. Uh, I don't know how world court plays into that, Yeah. but nations rule internally resolving external disputes in a world court, which implies instead of war. Yeah. You know, so let's save some lives so we can, you know, keep that 500,000 happy. <laughs> 500, 500 million. Yeah. We can't, we can't, million. we can't lose well, too many of those. The 50,000, the, the 5,000 that, <laughs> yeah, my, I lost my commas there for a minute. So, but the, yeah, the 500 million, let's keep them happy by staying out of war. Right. Right. Uh, avoid petty laws and useless officials. Well, you know, one thing's true. If your population is 500 million, you won't need as many officials. That's true. So um, your social duties may become more important. It's probably get need more people in college. I don't know. Sometimes I imagine, you know, like you read The Stand or uh, uh, Earth Abides or one of these post-apocalyptic or post-disease books. And it's like there's a sort of romantic notion of, man, if the world had fewer people, it would be really awesome, you know. I could bicycle anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, some, someone pointed out once I, – I, I, I have to struggle to find the source, but you could do the calculation yourself that, um, you know, if the, if the entire world's population was content to live at like, say like a Tokyo level population density, we could pretty much put everybody in Texas. You know, if we just had one mega city, the size of Texas, you know, the current world population could pretty much fit in, in, in Texas. So, which to me indicates, I mean, it's, it's not going to happen tomorrow, but it does seem to indicate there, there's a lot of inefficiencies, you know, in, in the world right now. And we could, you know, we could sort of solve those kinds of things. Yeah. There's a lot of inefficiencies and, 
I, I watch Akira, and uh, I don't want to live in that city, but I do like the uh, the motorcycles. Okay, but I, I'll tell you, <laughs> the Japanese are not as crazy as 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 they seem. But um, yeah, I don't, don't want to. I have this urge to do a joke right now about Japan, and I'm going to <laughs> not do that because of the horrible things that have happened to them last week. Oh yeah, try to keep it not too topical, so people are like, yeah. "Oh yeah, that this boy." They I thought that. I remember that happened. Yeah. <laughs> they thought those twenty thousand people died in a tsunami was a big disaster. How silly they were, you know? Yeah, you don't right. want to, you don't want to do things like that because what was it during the um, uh, was it the Oklahoma bombing? Right? They uh, they had a plaque outside of the Oklahoma, where the Oklahoma bombing took place, and, and it was something like you know the worst terrorist incident on American soil and uh and they're like ooh i guess after 911 we kind of have to change that uh that plaque so right yeah you got to be careful i guess about kind of making those <laughs> those sort of and, and before that it was just season 5 of Dallas so i mean you know these uh people's uh, opinions of what's horrible change <laughs> that's, that's true right. now, now the, the the georgia guidestones i mean they they have some sort of astronomical kind of relationship or something like it's it's not kind of it, it, it's it's it the don't they even explain the astronomical relationship they do on, on, okay. the, on the, the big center stone they talk about okay. um uh you can uh each each uh stone there's these kind of like vertical lines through them and there's a horizontal slot okay and the horizontal slot in the center stone shows you the horizontal or the, it shows you the annual travel of the sun uh, it moves back and forth like over the course of the year. Okay. Uh, so I suppose if you had a um, a wax marker or a uh, grease grease pencil, thank you. I don't know, what's a wax marker? Where did that come from? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> if you had a grease pencil, you could go in there and kind of start putting the dates in and kind of keep track of when the year was going. Um, and when there's only 500 uh, million people left, you may have to do it that way. <laughs> um, there's a sunbeam through the capstone that marks noontime throughout the year. And then there is a channel through the stones you can look through that indicates the celestial pole. Now, the thing is, for some of these things to work, you would need to be there at night. Okay. Uh, and currently, because of the vandalism, they don't want you there at night. Okay. Um, and uh, they've actually installed uh, some wireless uh, – I think the sheriff department monitors at wireless cameras in a couple of positions. One's kind of hidden in the bushes and one's up on a pole. Okay. To kind of keep track of the site, we didn't like we were out there at sunset. It was so beautiful. It's re- it's really a beautiful uh, place. It's a beautiful monument, okay. um, but it doesn't. Um, you know, I, if they if there was an emergency, if somebody started pulling out the paint, I'm not sure that the uh, sheriff's department is ready to hop in the car and come get you. But they'd have a video record of it. Okay, right. I'm, I'm certainly not encouraging anybody to do that. I, I think it's a, a nice enough site. It's just misguided. Or, if not misguided, it is uh, misguided stones. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> if it's not if it's if it's not a typo of five hundred million, uh, then it, then at least rule number one is in fact genocidal. So, make sure that you have a full tank of gas before attempting to reach the site. <laughs> really, what's the? Uh, is there any gas stations along the way? Or uh, well, we went on a Sunday and everything was closed. <laughs> so. Okay. Georgia is a is a there's places in Georgia that are called dry counties, uh, and you, in fact the whole state of Georgia you can't buy alcohol on Sunday, and a lot of stores are still closed. Especially the more rural you get, okay. the more likely they still respect the blue laws and actually stay closed on Sundays. And it's not just the blue laws. I mean the Bible does say to keep the Sabbath uh, and not to work. Uh, it's just that the Sabbath has shifted from Saturday to Sunday, and you know right, right, right. Sort of a lot of there's a lot of salutary neglect of that right. rule. Now, have you, they've encountered this just really totally oddball idea that that somehow these these Georgia guidestones are related to there's that that big the big I think that big building in uh, Dubai someone has kind of tied the Georgia guidestones to the really big building in Dubai. Have you encountered the hotel? this? Hotel? Yeah, Burke Burke something or another Burke Burke um, Khalifa or something something like that. You, you, whatever the, the 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 really the tallest building in the world, I guess which. I don't know if it's even, it's even completed yet, but they, they sort of uh, built it in Dubai. So some nut is just you know, I mean, because I was thinking like the um, you know, by River... Antichrist in January fourth, twenty ten. 
Well, that too, but but the uh, <laughs> but you know the, 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 I'm just thinking that the guy who built the uh, you know the Georgia Guidestones, he kind of wisely put you know that look there are indeed you know astronomical relationships between this you know the monument to you know you know the, the moon and sun and stars and stuff like that, which I think to keep people from you know writing books about well did you know you know like they kind of do with the with the pyramids or. Uh, um, you know, with the uh, uh, actual Stonehenge, where so it seemed to be wise for the the, the builders to just to just we're just going to put that on the monument so people aren't kind of second guessing. But then someone kind of went into the side. I'm going to second guess and just you know find all these weird you know numbers and things like that and somehow relate it. Well, it's the well, it's the Muslims. You know, I don't know. It's just one of the weirder kind of sort of conspiracy theories i sort of encountered about the about the stones yeah the the the, some people really hate them Uh, i mean uh whether they fear them uh, nobody's toppled them okay um yeah yeah (laughs) uh somebody has actually like because of their anger uh they've uh defaced them quite a bit somebody put some um I, i forget what the material it was it was a kind of a paint that really dug in on the marble. But generally speaking, um, like if you use acrylic paint, you know, it's really easy to get off, but they use some other, um, kind of paint and and they've actually taken hammers and chisels to it and notched it and done some very strange things. But by far, I mean, if you, in general, it looks very nice. I mean, you can't tell that it's, uh, too much of the damage has been done. Uh, I just, I, it, it bugs me in a way, but I mean, disagreeing with the, uh, the mathematics on the, uh, the the first one, the rest of the things are pretty harmless, and most importantly, as you can tell by number three about you know making a new world language, uh, nobody's following these rules. Yeah. So exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so whatever power they have uh, is probably being given to them by the people who fear them, not by the stones themselves. Yeah. It's like, you know, maybe they had a, like an 11th or something and form no tea parties or something. I don't know. <laughs> you betcha. Yeah. Wow. All right. Hey, anything else you want to add about the, the Georgia Guidestones? Or how, like, did, did it, uh, how big are they? Like if you're standing next to them, like how? Like they're 18 feet tall. They're enormous. They're okay. huge. Wow. Okay. Yeah. They're, right. they're really yeah. big. They're impressive. I mean, it's, it's um, I'll, I'll see if I can dig up some photos for you and send you. Okay, that'd be yeah, that'd be cool to add to the to the yeah. Scene. I think I've got some of the the four of us uh, standing. Okay. <laughs> we have one where we're pretending to be ghost hunters. It looks pretty funny. <laughs> uh, three of us are doing the ghost hunter stance, and then there's uh, Brian off by himself doing his own Brian thing. Wow, so. cool. All right, and uh, all right. A- anything else you want to add about the the Georgia? It, well, you know, please do come to Georgia. We need your commerce. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> If you're in, you know, come by and say hi. Okay, all right. Yeah, to the Waffle House. Speaking of Georgia, now you you kind of you, you go to a lot to a lot of the uh, the skeptical kind of conventions, right? I do. Yeah, I, I met you at uh, Tam uh, Tam Eight. That's correct. Yeah, we had a good old time. Indeed. Yeah, uh, but you went to the uh, what was it? the the skeptic party. I did I did not get my invite, but you were at the skeptic oh, no. party. I, yeah. I'm not I'm not sure I got an invite either. <laughs> Really? Just go. Oh. But, you know, you're Blake, so you can just you could just walk in. And stuff I had like, a good time. Yeah. Fun okay. was had. Uh, I, I hung out with Brian Dunning there and uh, we, we we hogged the only fan. <laughs> it was so hot. Really? It was already hot. Anyways, July in, okay. in the desert. All right. Uh, and it was uh, we, we basically uh, just. We sat in front of a fan and tried not to die. It was it was all right. <laughs> but but remarkably, that like the morning after the skeptic party, I, you know, it's about nine a.m. I am I see you in the elevator and you're, we're going down to breakfast together. And I'm like, are you sure you went to the skeptic party? Yeah, I, I totally did. I am not much of a drinker. Okay. So except I, I would notice that I <laughs> almost every one of that new podcast, uh, you know, the uh, the death panel, almost every one of those episodes, I've been on something, whether it was cough syrup or beer or. Or uh, whatever I could find around the house. <laughs> cool. So, so where where are you going to be? What kind of are you going to be going? You're, you're going to be going to uh, Tam this year. 
It looks like, wow, what a lineup. They just released the information today. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it looks like uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson and uh, um, Lawrence Krauss uh, and Bill Nye, the science guy. Uh, And then uh, Ben Radford and Karen Stolzno, uh, Dr. Karen Stolzno, uh, who I like to meet whenever I can because, you know, we live all over the country. Okay. Uh, So I'm hoping that we'll be able to... um, It'd be nice if we could do a live a monster talk. I'm not sure. I've, I've sent a, a message to DJ Grothy and asked him if there was a way to fit us in. Uh, but if not, I heard there was going to be a cryptozoology panel, so perhaps I can oh, uh, well, get involved in that. I mean, you'd be natural on that. Yes, because I'm Bigfoot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're, you're first, right? All right. And then the people, so people could you at Tam, and, and are you going to go to the next Dragon Con? Do you always go to Dragon oh, Con? I've I've been going to Dragon Con fairly regularly since uh, ninety. Well, maybe I guess I'd say I've probably missed I've probably missed four of them, five of them. Okay, you know if that much, probably four. Um, I've been to most of them. Okay. Um, there were a couple of years when we first had our, our son that we didn't go. I just didn't feel like leaving my wife with uh, that boy. You know. You know, I guess, he's, a, he's not a terrible burden, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I should ask you the Korean question. So, so we know uh, you're, you're married and you have you have one child. We have three. We have twin girls oh. and a boy. So, wow. Okay. Cool. And 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 then uh, how how old are you? Um, I am f- still forty one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Forty. Thirty's rough. Forty's not so bad actually. Well, I found that like uh, after forty, things start falling apart, and it's not good. I I That's... need to do one of those midlife crisis workout things uh, where I suddenly get uber fit and talk about working out all the time. That'd be awesome. No, because yeah. after four, I fa- I found this. It's like after forty, like you, you, there's something in you always hurts. It, it changes like from day to day, but there's always a pain someplace, and uh, it might come from working out. I don't know, but. Yeah, are, do you, are you finding this after forty? It's like something always hurts in you. Um, I'm not finding that something always hurts. I'm finding that I'm. Um, it takes me used to it. Like my mind is slower. I, I I find that like I used to be able to play team trivia and you get one song to answer the question. Okay. And now I need like a song and a half. And it's like <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> we got like two song trivia for geezers. <laughs> All right. And uh, so, if they can't get to Dragon Con or uh, Tam, they can catch you. So you do you do a couple podcasts. Obviously, you do you do Monster Talk. That's right. Okay, and then you do um, and uh, uh, Death Panel. He, Death Panel. He's not really Brian Dunning. He's Brian Smith. What, what's his name? Dunning. Bri- Dunning <laughs> not Brian Dunning. Brian. You're forty, aren't you? Is that- <laughs> Brian Thompson, the big T, yeah. Brian Thompson, who who also does amateur scientist. He's, I think Brian Thompson was, I think, my very first guest on Conspiracy Skeptic. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And uh, talk about fashion conspiracies. Uh, we talked about, uh, I believe, the uh, Illuminati. I think was, yeah, right, the mm-hmm. Illuminati. Yeah, and um, he's a very dapper fellow, isn't he, Brian? Brian Thompson. He is. He is. He's yeah. funny. He's dapper. He's. he's uh, He's su- he's surprisingly uh, base and uh, foul mouthed, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he doesn't look like he would be, which is why I say surprising. He looks like uh, the kid next door, and then the next thing you know, he's talking about things. You have to go to uh, the web to find out what he's talking about, and when you do, you can't unsee it, people. You can't unsee it. Hot Carls and things like that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, let's see. And, and now you you sometimes do little skits on his actual podcast, Amateur Scientist, right? Anonymously, anonymously. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Right. As, as your as your pseudonym, you know, or you have a pseudonym you're well known for. Uh, Thomas Jefferson Plexico. Yeah, and yeah. and 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 you're, you're you're also a doctor. Oh, Doctor Atlantis. Yeah, oh, doctor. yeah, yeah. We don't. You know, that's that's just uh, that's just a. Yeah, I guess technically that is a pseudonym, <laughs> but it, it's I, I I don't really I'm not that's not a secret pseudonym. You right. know, it's just it's my my public, it's like my nom de skeptique. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, I, I came up with that just as a way to I was going to blog anonymously, somewhat, and then I decided just to be me, but also be Doctor Atlantis because it's more memorable than Blake Smith. Uh, right. People can remember Doctor Atlantis. <clears throat> Is that is that a real uh, superhero or is that just something you made up? No, that's something I made up. Okay, 
Okay. Yeah, you, I was. Gonna, you've got gonna a gonna logo be, for it and everything. I did. I paid an artist to make a logo for it. No. That's right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> kind of cool. It looks good. I, I was really. She did great work. Okay. Uh, I, I should get I had, her. Yeah. I should get her to do one for Carl. Like, could you make a Carl look? She can do any. She's a great artist, assuming she's still alive. She used to work at the uh, uh, sandwich. Well, no, she, she worked at the. Yeah, she worked at the sandwich shop next to where I work. And uh, when she wasn't working, she would be sitting out uh, drawing. Okay. And um, and I just noticed her artwork was really good. Okay. Cool. So. <clears throat> And uh, let's see. I guess I could ask you the final question. I, I have changed the final question. I just let anybody who's going to be a future guest know. Let the word go forth that uh, the, uh, the the final question used to be, what is your favorite small kitchen appliance? Which you're free to answer if you spent a lot of time researching that. Because I know some of my guests actually spend a lot of time researching the final question. Uh, what's your favorite small kitchen appliance? But I use the hand blender the most. But I, I have a Krupp's. Uh, K cup uh, coffee maker. Oh, Have you seen okay. that? Yeah, those well, are fantastic single cup coffee makers. Okay. That's pretty much why I stopped asking the final que- that final question because everybody's either like the slap chop or like some <laughs> some sort of little you know one pod coffee right, maker type right. thing. Yeah, so it's like ah, uh, but that's uh, not that exciting. Yeah. So so the new question is um uh if if you could join one science fiction or fantasy uh military service based purely on the uniform alone which 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 sci-fi or fantasy military service would you would you join just for pure fashion reasons yeah it, it would have to be the starship troopers psychor that's psi not sy anyway uh, they they uh they they have all the elegance of uh the like the Nazi SS without any of the pesky racism. Oh, okay. And, and they, they they there's like like and they're the good un- guys. And they yeah. look evil, but they're 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 great. And there's unisex showers too, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of advantages to being okay. in the cycle. Okay. Cuz you don't get that on like Starfleet or something like that. That's right. You you don't get the unisex showers. I'm not even sure you get showers. They never really do cover that, do they? Battle? No. Uh, well, the original. I think the original. It's a sonic shower, right? Some oh, kind of right, sonic yeah. shower. I think the original, like the Enterprise, not the the, the Enterprise with uh, the with the dog and the song. I think I think there was one of the first episodes they had the the the, the, the hot um, Vulcan woman coming out of a shower or something like that. Uh, I, I I'll may, say. Yeah, I may be getting that confused with uh, an episode of Dallas, but. <laughs> regardless yeah so um yeah so yeah but but i think battlestar galactica 2 they have uh, i think they have kind of a group shower uh, culture as well which you don't really see well developed in the tv series but then like one of the dvds you could sort of buy unrated they kind of have like a group shower scene or something like that so well yeah i imagine a lot of the fan fiction delves deeper into that right right <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so if people do encounter you at a uh, at a TAM or a Dragon Con, and and they're like, oh, Blake, you really suffered through that guy. Uh, I let me buy you something. What what can they buy you? Oh, um, I like coffee, and um, that's that's really not very disposable. Um, I like uh, paperbacks, so I like uh, I like. I like um you know those little breath mints that come in the round container. Oh, okay, you right. You yes. shake them out, you know. Uh, yeah, right, right. Cuz yeah, you never buy fruit, fruit ones are fantastic. Okay. They're tart, tasty and look out. Cuz you never buy that for yourself. It's just one of those things you're like, man, I'd like to buy this one day, but I'm never You let me just say something. If you buy me your breath mint, it doesn't just help me. It helps you. There you go. You you were you didn't have any noticeable smells when I met you at. And this was Vegas and it's hot there, so it was, yeah. I, I I showered over and over again. Uh, okay. I was rooming. I was rooming with Ben Radford, and he insisted on it. Okay. Oh. <laughs> now, speaking of uh, Ben Ben Radford, he's your guest. He's your co-host on. Uh, he's my co-host. Yeah, I, I saw him on a little Canadian conspiracy show here. Uh, I guess I should probably mention this is going to hopefully this will come out Thursday, and this Friday the 18th, and then Friday the 25th. I'm on a con- I'm sort of the token skeptic on a. Canadian conspiracy show called The Conspiracy Show. Um, oh, 
it's on a, a TV called Vision TV, which is kind of uh, it was sort of the religious channel, but it's been sort of taken over by Canada's version of Ted Turner, and it's now sort of being more like uh, you know they just run normal TV shows and like Ab Fab and stuff like this, but. Wait, it's a conspiracy show. So last week, I actually saw yeah, uh, uh, Ben Radford on on the conspiracy show. He's being interviewed about I think like mind control or something like that. So yeah, he, I thought he did a, did a good job. But um, what did they do with webcam? Yeah, yeah, they, he did with them over sort of webcam and stuff like that. That's he, cool. Okay, I'm proud of him. He's been working on learning how to use that stuff. Oh, good. Okay, yeah. So uh, yeah, so that was, that was quite interesting. I, I don't know if you're ever going to be able to catch a show in the states. You can't. There's no torrent I can find that you can download. But uh, if you're listening to the podcast, you are in Canada and you have access to Vision TV. You know, give it a give it a, give it a watch. It's 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 better than that awful Jesse Ventura conspiracy show. Where you know, one would imagine yeah, it have to be. Yeah, yeah. You, you you literally are stupider after watching Jesse Ventura's conspiracy show, and and they do they do give the skeptic a lot more screen time than than kind of anything you'll find on like the History Channel or something like that. They just don't. So and I kind of appreciate that. It's still it's still not what we would want as a you know as a uh, as skeptics, but I'm like, okay, at least they're, they're they're trying to get the best skeptics as possible and trying to give them, you know, adequate amount of screen time and stuff like that. So it, it's That's great, though. That's great. So what do you put up for a background, or do you just let your wall be your background? Uh, well, you, they, I just was sort of interviewed in like their lo- local studio. The, the, the oh guy, yeah, you're actually in Canada. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just hop a subway <clears throat> and streetcar. Well, you're, you're you're very photogenic. That should be awesome. No, I'm kind of I'm a beast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a toad, but uh, yeah. So it was, but it, yeah, but it was kind of fun to get out there. And uh, the, the the guy who does it, Richard Richard Serrett, he he kind of does like a conspiracy radio show, and they've just sort of transmogrified it into like a, a, a TV show. So it just it's it a little bit of there's a little bit of a talking head element to it, you know, just him on one side, me on the other. But uh, I don't know. I, I I like to think I got him kind of dead to rights on a couple of things. I'm on for like the New World Order show and the banking conspiracy show so but uh, oh well I'll, I'll try to get maybe some sort of screen capture some clips of it or something and put it up but that's that'd neither, be great yeah it's neither here nor there but yeah you know but, you you could always record it on the vhs it's i wouldn't even know how to install to hook up my vhs anymore or whether <laughs> where there's a tape you know it's like yeah. <laughs> I, know. I have a dvd recorder okay. uh, that i use to uh rip programs so i i basically burn them to dvd and then rip them out to divx so that i can keep a a massive collection of paranormal television shows it's ridiculous oh cool uh, i am a, a hoarder <laughs> All right. are, are you going to be on anything upcoming any kind of media appearances or um well we've got another episode of monster talk coming out uh on wednesday okay and uh and then that's uh and then i'm apparently i'm doing an interview with uh Carl Mamer on oh my god that was supposed to be tonight <laughs> damn okay I am now I'm all flustered <laughs> the incestuous nature of skeptical podcasting is uh, right it, well there, it is yeah the, the, there is a lot of that and and your sister's pretty too I guess I'll do it <laughs> right so <laughs> yeah I, I'm gonna be a guest on an upcoming episode of the Death Panel. Yeah, actually, that's right. Uh, we've got that coming up Friday. I just uh, saw an email about it. Now, are you going to be live? I, I I think so. Yeah, I've I've been given a time, and uh, I'm going to show up. Excellent. Well, then do that. All right then. Uh, drink first. <laughs> I usually yeah, a little glass of wine to just sort of fortify myself. And uh, exactly, well said. Exactly. Yeah, I think I think in fact I think I had my first glass of port. Okay. Uh, during the first episode of that show, uh, and when I said, and then I had that my second glass of port also, and third, and actually I should just say it, I had my first bottle of port <laughs> during the first episode of that show. <laughs> well, you know, Christian Walters is on that show, so uh, he's you know, yeah, he's yeah. he's intimidating as fuck. He's tall. Is he? That's even worse because I'm not. So he's smarter than me. He's better oh, looking than like me. That. He's funnier than me. Yeah. <laughs> and now I find out he's tall. He's younger too, isn't he? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how old Christian is. Uh, he and Tim Farley came over to my house yesterday, 
and they're both like giants. They're, 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 they didn't have to duck, but it's only because I don't have a drop ceiling in my basement. Okay. They're very tall people. They're mighty. <laughs> they grow them tall down there in the States, don't they? They do. I think those boys are grain fed. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, Blake, I'll, I'll let you go. All right. Well, thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. Thanks for, yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. I mean, it's, it's always, you know, I just love everything you do and always love your podcasts. And There's got to be at least 30 minutes of usable audio here, right? <laughs> yeah. I just, people haven't had a conspiracy skeptic for two months. I guess I should apologize. I'm sorry. Just, just like, but I, it, some people are actually emailing me like, are, are, are you still alive? Oh, which, okay. which was, which was nice <laughs> because, you know, sometimes I'll go a couple months without talking to family members and they won't even ask if i'm still alive but uh so you know i know who's going to eventually find my rotting corpse it's going to be a going to be a podcast listener but yeah uh, yeah and knock the door down and there you are you know you spend all your time slaving over a hot microphone and exactly. that's the payoff somebody exactly. finds you dead in your apartment <laughs> but I, I just kind of had like sort of scheduling problems you, you know you always have kind of a guest and a backup guest sort of lined up for each month and then it just the last couple of months it's wasn't able to kind of get people all hooked up and stuff like that. So it wasn't, oh, I understand. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's hard when you're the booker, the producer, the editor, the writer, and everything. It's hard for sure. And, yeah. So I, I wanted to ask, I, you know, to delay this even longer. Uh, are you going to ever have us at Lorne Lauren Coleman? Coleman? Oh Lord, I've, we've tried. We actually, he was, he came on there. <laughs> he's the he's the he's the big Bigfoot guy. The he is. He he runs the Cryptozoology Museum. Um, he's on TV all the time, and he's uh, a very notable member of the cryptozoology community. Uh, and yeah, we'd love to have him on. It's just been a booking issue. He okay. he is only available certain days during the afternoon, and I have a day job, so it's very difficult to get all that lined up. But we'd like to. Okay. And of course, I guess the caveat is we are a non-paying, uh, non-television uh, outlet. And, you know, if anybody with a better offer comes along, we'll get bumped. Right. And that's happened too. So. Okay. All right then. Okay. Well, have a good night, Blake. You too. All have right. a great Canadian night. And good night, okay. Canadian listeners. Good night, American listeners. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. What's wrong? I had a little time.